Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the opportunity to minister your word. I pray for each and every one of us, my heart, all of our hearts to be softened to, so that the seed of the word can get in and that it can produce a harvest. Open our ears to hear, soften our hearts to receive, give us strong feet to walk the path that you have placed before us. Give us hands to serve. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start out in John 14, 27, and I'm going to end in Daniel chapter 3. So if you turn with me, let's look at John 14, verse 27. See what red letter words, let's hear what Jesus is saying to us and saying to the church today. John 14, 27 says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. See, most people are enslaved to their emotions. If you wake up and you're grumpy, you go with it. You get angry, you go with it. You get anxious, you get worrisome, you go with it. And our emotions lie to us. See, our emotions dictate the life we live on a daily basis. But that's not the life we're supposed to live. See, we're to evaluate our, motion, our emotions, but we're not to flow with them. See, when something's bothering me, I need to say, what is it that's bothering me? Then I need to say, Am I, is it my pride? What's causing me my anger? Is it an unmet need? What's causing this situation? Evaluate it, pray over it, and then move on. See, but we like to just react to it and go with it because that's how we feel. And how many of us have gone in a day like that and ruined the day for our, not only ourselves, but for others? For others. See, if you were troubled and went to a doctor and asked him or her, what can I do to gain peace? What would they tell you? Take a trip. Go to Hawaii. Take a pill. Get away from it all. In other words, what they're trying to say to you is change your circumstance. Get away from it all. And then you'll be at peace. See, this is the peace that the world gives. But Jesus is saying to you, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives it, do I give it to you. See, we look for peace sometimes by just sitting in front of a TV and vegging out. 
That's our peace. I need to escape. Maybe we get involved in a sporting activity, or maybe we get involved in, in so many things, and next thing you know, we're not involved in what God has had. We're not involved in the kingdom. We're involved in things that will pull us away from the kingdom because we're looking for peace. And so the world, when Jesus says, the peace I give you, I don't give it to you as the world gives it. See, the world gives you circumstantial, moment-by-moment moment peace that doesn't last long. And you got to keep chasing after it because each and every one of us wants peace. The world wants peace. But peace is only found in one person, the giver of peace. See, when Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Then he says, don't let your hearts be troubled and nor let it be fearful. See, we have to discern between worldly peace and inherited peace. You see, well, what's inherited peace? Well, if Jesus says to me, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you, then I've inherited something that Jesus wants to give to me. That's inherited peace. Now, if I have an inheritance and I don't use it, I've squandered my inheritance. Remember the prodigal son. He asked for his, his, his inheritance, and then he went and, and, and squandered it in worldly living, only to come to a place where he was destitute. That's not the peace that he was looking for. And then what did he say? He came to his senses and said, oh, wow, I think I need to go back to my father's house. Because he remembered how good it was to be with the father. He remembered what real peace was. And so he journeyed back. See, we have an inheritance on a daily basis and we never take advantage of it. It never said that the inheritance would run dry. He just says, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. Then he says, don't let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And so as we look at the condition of the world, as we... As we consume the, the politics of the world as we consume the, the, the news of the world, whether it be wars, whether it be pestilence, whether it be politics, we become overwhelmed. And then we become fearful. What if this person gets elected? What's going to happen to my 401k? What's going to happen to my health insurance? What's going to happen if? That's a troubled heart. And that's fearful. And so Jesus is saying, look, I'm, I want to give you peace. It's an inherited peace. But it's not received if your heart is fearful or troubled. 
See, worldly peace is carnal. Worldly peace is selfish and self-seeking. It avoids conflict. You say, well, how? Because we don't want to deal with things. I just want it to be peaceful. I don't want to deal with the situation. I don't want, and, and understand, sometimes co- conflict resolution, conflict comes into our lives to deepen our relationships with one another. Sometimes I have an issue and I need someone to help me with my issue. Same thing with you. You have an issue, but you don't, but instead of dealing with our issue, we bury ourselves in carnal, selfish, self-seeking things and we never deal with the issues of our lives. And then years go by and we wonder why things don't change. See, worldly peace is avoidance. It avoids problems. It avoids change. It avoids self-inventory. Inherited peace, or Jesus' peace, is spiritual in nature. It's relationship-based. My peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. It's out of relationship that we get it. It's not ours. It's ours and it's inherited, but it doesn't. It comes at a price, and that price is time spent with Jesus. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Now, if we live in that realm, believe it or not. The things that bother us, we rise above. And the things that seem to want to attach to our hearts, attach to our mind, attach to our spirit, are gone. So an inherited peace is relationship-based. And inherited peace is peace that gives us strength to endure. Strength to endure trials. Strength to endure tribulation. Strength to endure temptation. Strength to endure persecution. Strength to endure perilous times. While the world is going, ah, we can be. Because the world is going, ah. Wear a red hat. A hat. Trump 2020. Oh, I've been triggered. Here's your crayons. Here's a picture of a puppy and a pony book. But but people get triggered. And, and, and I'm making light of this situation. But people are in a panic. The coronavirus. Oh. You know, people are lathering up with um, red cell. <laughs> but the word of God says that that pestilence will not come nigh thy dwelling. <laughs> 10,000 may fall at your right side, but it will not come near you. 
the world is in a panic. And if the church is in a panic, we lose. If the church is triggered by this and that, we lose. If the church is silenced by political correctness, we lose. And we are supposed to be a victorious church, a victorious people. But we can't be that if we don't spend our inheritance. See, worldly peace is given as a solution for avoidance. Oh, pal down. Take me out. Don't worry me out. It's the philosophy of the world. And <laughs> but it's avoidance. Inherited peace is for a kingdom people. It's for a kingdom purpose. And it's to display kingdom power. See, if we, if we get around people and all we do is complain about our lives, and then want to invite people to church, why would I come to church with you? There's no difference between me and you. If I complain about my kids, if I complain about my job, if I complain about my finances, if I complain about politics, if I complain about the boss, if I complain about... What's the difference? See, inherited peace is really cool because when somebody's complaining, you can say, you can just say to them, not get away from me. That's a problem. Listen, I, I, I hear and understand what you're saying, but I have a peace that passes all understanding. And it guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Oh, get away from me. But when they, start, when they start seeing that it's real, it's real peace, it's inherited peace, you're walking in it, you're not complaining about the things that other people are complaining about, you're walking in peace, people want peace. How are you so peaceful in a time like this? How come I never hear you complain? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. What have I got to complain about? If I'm, if I'm receiving my inheritance and then I'm spending it as God asked me to spend it, it's going to have effect. I'd like to, for us to take a look at a biblical example of what King of what inherited peace looks like and how it affects a people. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 3.
I'm going to read verses 1 through 30, but I'm going to pull out specific verses for time's sake. But it said, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits, and it's at its width, six cubits. Let me try that again, okay? These cubits got me. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits, and its width, six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent word to, to assemble the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, To you the command is given, O peoples, nations, and men of every language, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall be immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, at that time when all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. For this reason, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. They responded and said to Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the instruments is to fall down and worship the golden image. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have discarded you, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us 
from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath, and his facial expression was altered towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He, he answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it usually is heated. He commanded certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up with their trousers, their coats, their caps, and their other clothes. And, and they were cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was so urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot, the flame of the fire slew the men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king astounded and stood up in a haste. He said to his high officials, Was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, Certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men loose and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the door of the furnace of blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out in the midst of the fire. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, the kings, high officials gathered around and saw in regard to these men that the fire had no effect on the, on the bodies of these men, nor was a hair of their head singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had sent his angel and delivered his servants who put their trust in him, violating the king's command and yielded up their bodies so as not to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and the house is reduced to rubbish heap inasmuch as there is no other god who is able to deliver in this way. Then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. That's pretty cool, right? I love when people say, well, it's just stories made up. Please. Now, I want to show you, it doesn't say that these men had peace, but they walked in peace. Because the fact of the matter that they can stand before a king and they had already resolved what they were going to do meant they were at peace. They willingly allowed themselves to be tied and bound and thrown into a fiery furnace without fighting, without screaming, without defense, because they had peace. See, peace is powerful. Peace sets you apart. See, inherited peace requires me to take a stand while others bow down. To advance the kingdom, I must stand against three things. Unjust laws, the spirit of the age, 
and modern day idols. We, we see unjust laws being written. We, we, we have lived with unjust laws. Abortion is an unjust law. It's the spirit of the age where it has become so vile that people now celebrate their abortion. That's vile. It has become so vile now that if a baby is born um, from a botched abortion, it is to be left alone to die. That's vile. Body baby body parts sold for profit, that's vile. And while others bow down to the spirit of the age, we're to rise up. See, it didn't take a lot of people. It, it said there that all the peoples of the, of the nations, of tribes and tongues, all of them bowed down except three people. It doesn't take a multitude. You know, we're so fearful. Well, we're in the minority. We're in the minority. God can do a lot with a little. Amen. But it takes a people who will walk in peace against the rage of a people trying to defend an unjust law and not, and not fight back. The great American hero, editor, schoolteacher, and Presbyterian clergyman, Elijah Lovejoy, left the pulpit and returned to the press in order to be sure his words reached more people. The Civil War might have been averted and a peaceful emancipation of slaves achieved had there been more like him. After observing one lynching, Lovejoy was committed forever to fighting uncompromisingly the awful sin of slavery. Mob action was brought against him time after time. Neither this nor many threats and attempts on his life deterred him. Repeated destruction of his presses did not stop him. If by compromises meant that I should cease from my duty, I cannot make it. I fear God more than I fear man. Crush me if you will, but I shall die at my post. And he did four days later at the hands of another mob. Not one of the ruffians was, was prosecuted or indicted or punished in any way for this murder. Some of Lovejoy's defenders were persecuted. One of the mob assassins was later elected mayor of Alton. However, note this, one young man was around who was deeply moved by Lovejoy's martyrdom. He had just been elected to the Illinois legislature legislature. His name was Abraham Lincoln. See, when you're, when you're at peace and you're standing against the opposition of the spirit of the age and rage is coming against you and you fear not even your own life because you're standing for a just cause and you're standing in the fear of God and not in the fear of man, whatever happens to you is a witness to someone who can rise up and change and take your story, take that, that, um, 
take that issue and see it to its completion. See, we worry about the media. The media is biased. We worry about offending people. That's the fear of man. And that robs you of inherited peace. Well, what will people say? Well, what will God say? If we stay silent in the midst of unjust laws, in the midst of the spirit of the age, in the midst of, of the idols that are worshipped in this way. Inherited peace gives me strength to stand in the midst of extreme danger. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood up. Everyone else bowed down. They stood up, and they were noticed. And they were brought before a king. And the kings raged against him, against them, and then threatened them. And in the midst of that, when they said, when you hear the news, when they said, we, we, don't, we don't need to discuss this matter any further. We've already come to terms with this, that our God can save us from you and from the flames. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. That's inherited peace. It gives you a backbone. It gives you something that's greater than yourself that you're willing to take a stand for, no matter the consequences. That's inherited peace. My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world give it, do I give it unto you. Think about all those people that bow down. Why did they bow down? For peace. Not to enrage the king. To be politically correct. To follow the crowd. To not stand out. Many people might have been on their faces saying, this is stupid. Bowing down to a statue, but they didn't have the courage and they didn't have the peace to stand up. Only three people did. And the world took notice. Inherited peace gives me strength to stand in the midst of extreme danger. Two, inherited peace frees me from the fear of man. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn and all these musical instruments, that they were certain Jews whom you have appointed, O administration of the province of Babylon, they gave their names. The king gets enraged. The king summons them. They go before the king. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replies and says, O king, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. Tell me that's not boldness. You're standing before the one person that can either set you free or take your life. And you're willing to stand on the side of truth while others bow. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have made. See, that's peace. That's backbone 
That's tangible peace. If we live, we live. If God delivers us out of the fire, we're delivered. If he doesn't, we haven't sullied ourselves by bowing down to what you've asked us to bow down to. We're willing to die for what we know is true, what we know is right. That's inherited peace. And that doesn't come in a moment's notice. That's something that you have to purposely pursue and prepare for and live out. See, inherited peace frees me from the fear of man. I can actually stand with my heart, with I can actually stand without my heart troubled or fearful. I can be fearless in the face of judgment. See, Moses was able to face down Pharaoh. Now, when he first, when when God first showed up in the burning bush, and told and and and, and even told him who he was, the God of your, of, the, of your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I am sent. All of these things. Moses was still trying to weasel his way out of it. I don't speak well. I stutter. I'm not a good leader. I don't want to do it. I mean, really, this is basically he's negotiating with God, and God told, gave him a command that he needed to go back. But Moses learned inherited peace as he continued to face Moses, but as he continued to pursue God. They're standing at the Red Sea. There's an army coming down. I love this story. The people are in a panic. Moses cries out to God, and God says, why are you crying out to me? He might have been a little bit Italian. I don't know. <laughs> That's the way I would have answered. I would God said to Gideon, go in your own strength and I'll be with you. Daniel used a lion as a pillow. That's inherited peace. He didn't fight being thrown into. He didn't deny what he had done. He stood up for what he knew what was right. He took the judgment and he went into the lion's den. And he slept with lions. That's pretty cool. Stephen saw the majesty of Jesus while being hit with stones. I see the Son of God seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's still being pelted with stones. Nowhere in the in the in my, in my word does it does it say ouch. He was so consumed with what he saw that the rocks were of no issue to him. As a matter of fact, he even said right after that, "Father, forgive them. They know what they do." That only comes. He didn't say, get him. He didn't say, you missed. 
father with you. And knowing what they did, they gave up the spirit. And that's grace. Jesus embraces the cross and carries it. But that's inherited grace. He gives his right arm, gives his left arm. Without a struggle. Inherited peace allows me to trade fear for supernatural boldness. You ever say, oh, I wish I could speak against this. I wish I can say this. I wish I can do that. See, it's not about wishing. It's about spending our inheritance in the right way for the kingdom of God, being a kingdom person, for kingdom purposes, so that the kingdom of so that the power of the kingdom can be displayed. There's a purpose why Jesus says to us, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. It's for a purpose. Hey, listen, it's, it's, it's a personal purpose, and it's a kingdom purpose. See, I'm not supposed to, Jesus said, do not worry. What you'll wear, what you'll eat. He said, the pagans run around worrying about these things. He wants us to be at peace even in personal issues. Peace about our children. Peace about our marriage. I love this. Financial Peace University. Financial peace. My peace I give you. You know, it's great. We spend the card and we're like, ooh, I wonder how we're going to pay for that next month or next year or for the next couple of years. That's not peace. That's 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 worldly peace. Go buy something you don't feel good about, and then worry about the bill when it comes. That's worldly peace. Inherited peace doesn't have to make you say, "I wish I could do that." Inherited peace is is a peace that says, "Here I am, Lord. Send me. Give me the strength to take a stand." Let me settle the issue of fear in my heart that when, it, when the time comes, I can stand against the rage of the spirit of the age and still take a stand and not back down. They may put you in prison. We'll have Bible study. We'll have revival. Inherited peace allows me to trade fear for supernatural boldness. I can face uncertainty with no regard for the outcome. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego sent into the flames. And the minute they're in there, they meet Jesus. Everybody else is on the outside. Everybody else that had bowed down, they're in a, in a fiery furnace with flames all around them. And they're having a good old time with Jesus because they took a stand. You see, I can face uncertainty with no regard for the outcome. I am guaranteed one thing, the participating presence of Jesus. See, Jesus is not going to send you out and say, all right, you, you take care of it. Let's see how you fare. 
If you resolve the issue and you're willing to spend the inheritance that Jesus gave you and you take a stand, Jesus is going to be with you. He guarantees it. Because if the church will take a stand, the presence of Jesus will increase in our lives. That even if we go through the fire, we'll dance with him. But if we don't take a stand, there's no flame and there's no Jesus. If we don't raise our voice and let it be known who we are, who we serve, and what we're not going to bow down to, then we'll never get the chance to experience the power of God and the presence of God at such a time as this. They danced with Jesus while others watched from the outside. Lastly, the kingdom of God is made manifest. The king cries out, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God. Five minutes ago, they were public enemy number one, two, and three. Condemned to death. Now they're servants of the most high God. Come on out. And they come out. And their testimony, because they stood, at, because they, they spent the inheritance of that peace, they walked out, not burned, not singed, nor the smell of smoke, that the king glorified God and set forth a decree that anyone who speaks against the church, they'll be torn limb from limb. And the house made a rubble. By that time, who cares? You're torn limb from limb. You can't live there anyway. <laughs> Waste that was. Just throw you out there and you could be a welcome mat. But inherited peace is a life changer for those who witness it. See, we have to spend our inheritance or we squander it. We have to understand that the peace that Jesus gives is for a purpose, and that purpose is to display his power and his majesty and his truth in the world. But if all we do is, and this is, if all we do is sing about peace and pray, there's no effect. And as we see on the horizon what's coming about, we have to take, we have to be, we have to be a prepared people to be able to take a stand at such a generation and such a time as this to advance the kingdom, to see souls saved, and even display the power of God. And that comes as we, as we spend the inheritance of peace that Jesus wants to give to us. Amen. God bless you this evening.